Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay, Australia's greatest road dog has returned. I've just flown back in from Cairns, first official road gig of the year. Double check that, does Wollongong count? But either way, it's all very exciting. I've come straight back off the plane onto the airwaves, you know, from the road to the airwaves, from one natural habitat to another. If, I, if, if my parents got divorced when I was growing up, one of them would have been the road and the other would have been the airwaves. And I would have just spent one week on, one week off at each of those places, okay? This is, this is where I live, as it were. And it's going to be a bit more of an uncut episode today, I would say. Not because I intend on saying anything particularly weird. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to... Man, you just get around me uncut. I just start telling really graphic sex stories or something. <laughs> no, no, no. By uncut, I mean uh, not that it's going to be particularly filthy, but there's a real genuine lack of preparation behind this episode, okay? I made three notes on my JQ247 Jetstar flight back from Cairns. Then I listened to a couple of podcasts. Now, in a real twist of events, I'm the podcast. So... We'll have to see how this goes. I'm not saying this episode's going to be poor, but I would like to put that possibility on the table. So here we come. It's all happening. First road gig back. Man, I was welcomed back by the by Jetstar employees, like the prodigal son himself. They they rolled out the orange carpet, so to speak. And I, I got the real the royalty treatment in seat 21C. Uh, it was very exciting. I got up at 3.45 a.m. Monday morning. 3.45 a.m. That is just, it's too early. <laughs> I think we can all agree it's too early. There's a reason the only people who get up at 3.30 a.m. are making 400k a year doing breakfast radio. That's the sort of money it should take to get you out of bed at that time. Now, I don't want to divulge my fee for doing this show in Cairns, but I will very candidly say on this podcast... In a real look behind the curtain of Billy Darcy's showbiz career, I will say that I was paid less than $400,000 for the show. Yet I still got up at that time in a real display of my commitment to the arts and my relentless and potentially futile pursuit of fame. So, and it's weird when you're up at that time just quietly because other people are up. And I understand if you're going to go gripping and ripping in cans and bring the arts to the far north people of Queensland, or if you're going to fly to Fiji, or maybe you're going on a family holiday to Crescent Head, and your dad's fucking got you out of bed at 4am to beat the traffic. I understand those situations, but the confronting thing was, I'm driving around at 4am, there's people like waiting at bus stops, walking, like just living their life at that time, which you don't think... 4 a.m. is traditionally like a mythical time. Like if you took all the times I've been awake at 4 a.m. and you did, all right, all the times I've been sober over here and all the times I've been out of my mind in some weird situation, it would be 90% I've been out of my mind at that time. I'm not traditionally just milling around sober at 4 a.m., okay? If I'm up at 4 a.m., either something's gone really right or really wrong or the UFC is on in Abu Dhabi and that's when... 
traditionally the main card kicks off. But it's not a time I'm familiar with, is what I'm saying. And anyway, so we uh, head out to the airport. I'm going to say we head out to the airport, but I'm not at entourage level of comedy yet. And I head out there, wild, wild times. Let me tell you, if you are at the airport at 4am, you're on a a. 6am flight. Firstly, like there's no one there. It's pretty good. You go through security in upwards of seven seconds. Secondly, it's basically, from what I could tell, like a sleepover. Everyone's just in pajamas and tracksuits and yoga gear. Some people are just not even conscious. They're, they're just being carried to the plane by their significant other. And I wish I had a significant other to carry me because I wasn't conscious either. I had an absolute shocker on arrival to the airport. I left my sonnies in the tray, security tray, I believe. That's like what I think has happened. But basically, my sonnies disappeared on my head. And then I order a large flat white, obviously. Get one into you. The guy makes a mocker, and I'm too delirious to sort of do anything about it. I mean, a mocker is pretty much the most egregious thing any self-respecting human can order, I believe. Okay, that's just how I was raised. If you drink mockers, hey, I'm not telling you how to live. Love is love. But... I personally think it's pretty average behavior. So this guy had my number though. He could have sent an orange juice down the, down the fucking line because I really didn't have the faculty to deal with any situation or any adversity whatsoever. I'm already just rattled into hell from losing my sonnies. Now I'm drinking this mocha. And then I got to say, I take one sip of this mocha. It's pretty bloody good, okay? <laughs> I kind of get the mocha thing. Well, here's the deal. Of course, it tastes good. It's just chocolate. It's like it's like having a bit of coffee with a chocolate milk. Hot. So, yeah, dude, I now understand mockers. It They taste phenomenal. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it tastes too good. That That's the thing. It's like, I would love to have three chocolate oaks every day, but I don't because you'll you'll lose a leg at 41. And I feel like that's the thing with the mocha. It's like, yeah, dude, it does taste really, really good. And I'll put my hand up and I'll come clean. I'll say, I enjoyed the hell out of it. But what if you're drinking mockers daily, you, you're pretty much the wheels are off at that point. I don't know how you can exert any sort of discipline over any other facet of your life. When you're the first decision of your day, you're going, I just need chocolate milk. I Just give me the chocolate milk. I can't even, I don't even have the wherewithal to get through a real coffee right now. Okay, I don't even have en- enough energy to drink the thing that gives you energy. Okay, just give me a chocolate milk, pretend it's a coffee, and just shut up about it. Okay, <laughs> so the mocha was good. I had upwards of two sips. It was too hot. Then I had to board. They don't let you take coffees on the plane anymore. I don't know why. So I literally had to throw out like a nine dollar coffee. I've lost my sunnies. I'm delirious. Everyone's in pajamas. Bizarre times, dude. I I swear to God, you used to be able to take hot coffees on the plane. I swear down that I've done that before. And that's not like me bragging about some rebellious act in my past. I'm pretty sure that was an above board thing people used to do. But you can't do it anymore. There were people with ice long blacks on the plane and that hurt because I'm traditionally an ice long black man. This is the first hot coffee I've ordered in about six months. And, I, and I've tried to take it into a non-hot coffee zone. So absolute blunder. 
And I guess maybe I was speaking to someone about this in Cairns and I think it's because you could use the hot coffee as a weapon to sort of scold your enemies, maybe hijack the plane via scolding milk, okay? And yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, as far as weapons go, it's pretty average. Like, yeah, you can scold one person, but you can't reload a hot coffee. You know, after that, you've just got your fists and, and your attitude, but... I don't know, whatever, dude. I, it was probably for the best I didn't have the mocker. I passed out on the plane and I, I, I Godspeed to whoever was sitting next to me. I am the worst plane sleeper. I'm like kind of, I don't like sleep. I just kind of like am in and out of consciousness in a continuous state of delirium, just sort of half in a dream world. I don't know what's going on. I'm like moving my head all over the place. And then I just sort of woke up in cans, just delirious in cans at 8am on Monday morning. <laughs> and I got to say, guys, my over my overarching thought process was, what the fuck am I doing in Cairns? And it really goes to show the amount you can achieve if you get up early. You know, Mark Wahlberg is up at 4am every day, you know, pumping iron, running from his past. And they say, you know, The Rock, these sort of guys, look at what you can achieve if you get up at 4am. And I, I don't want to give props to The Rock, but I will say he's fucking right because... I got up at 4am and by 8am, I was literally in cans. Okay? Next time, next time you're having a coffee at 8am, just rubbing the sleep out of your eyes, think, I could be in cans right now. That's the sort of freakish early morning behavior I was exhibiting this week. So, it's all happening. Bup, bup, bup. Cans. Now... I get to Cairns, I'm staying with uh, this bloke who runs the room, Joe, lovely guy, and he had a border collie as well, just a fantastic animal, and I went for a walk, now Cairns, I've been to Cairns before, famous Gilligan's trip, go back and check out those yarns, I will say, this Gilligan's trip was not chill, okay, I think it was the last time I proper went for it on caps, like back-to-back nights and stuff, and it was just... Yeah, just took took it out of me. Ran into Isaac Butterfield at Gilligan's. Like, there's just a lot going on in Cairns, dude. Go and track down those yarns if you can. But I think it's episode... I want to say it was in 2019, around June. So, check that out if you want. No pressure. I know you got stuff on. But Cairns itself... I think the deal with Cairns is that... Cairns itself is a shithole. Okay? But... I'm saying I'm not saying Kansas is a shithole. I'm just saying the main town bit, it's like it is, it's not good. Okay. It's like the cheerleader effect because everything immediately around Cairns is unbelievable. You're driving from the airport, you feel like you're in Hawaii. There's just rainforests everywhere, sugar cane's been planted. It's just great. It was absolutely raining sideways when I arrived. And and then but that's neither here nor there, but you know, you got the Great Barrier Reef, you got the rainforests, you got all this cool stuff to do. You can go freaking see crocodiles, you can do all this crazy shit. But and so you think Cairns is unbelievable, but really it's everything just outside of Cairns. The, the minute you leave Cairns, it's just freaking next level. But the main strip of Cairns itself is just like, ugh, it's a bit going on, a bit going on. And it's so funny. This is so Queensland, dude. My Uber driver goes, goes, 
So it's raining like sideways. And my Uber driver goes, mate, the roundabouts up here are so dangerous when it rains. He said, there's so many car crashes on the roundabouts. These are like big, big roundabouts in Cairns. He said, there's so many car crashes. Sometimes the tow truck drivers will just park up at the main roundabouts because Queenslanders just cannot help themselves from absolutely flying into roundabouts. Like it's just like they're just so dangerous up there. As soon as it rains, blokes are just throwing the back out, you know, and (laughs) that's just so Queensland. And uh, anyway, it's a great it's a great place, Cairns. Like I said, lacks a bit of charm, the main town, but I understand the allure of going there. Last time I went went to the Great Barrier Reef and I was legitimately blown away. So highly recommend the town. Escape the cost of living crisis as well. I went went out for dinner before the show. And this is $7 a schooner of Carlton Draft. I got $23 for a palmy and a pint. And it came out with two palmies. Two like medium-sized palmies. Okay? So it's good to see that cans... I don't know if... Uh, do you ever feel like you're when you're in regional Australia, like you're almost back in time? It honestly feels like 2015 in cans, And I like it. Okay? Everything's just the price it used to be. I don't know if like the they don't have the internet up there and maybe the news takes so long. You know, like the the RBA raises the cash rate or whatever and they've got to tell Cairns via messenger pigeon and the pigeons keep dying or something. But Cairns has not got the memo that the world is expensive now, okay? So it seems like a great place to live. And dude, I almost went for a swim. I completely forgot. And I, re- I was reminded of this way after I almost went for a swim. I didn't go for a swim just because like it had rained so much. I was like, uh, I don't know. But I forgot it's box jellyfish season. If I went for a swim, I would have been dead in seconds. And I totally would have done that. So truly dodged a bullet there. That that headline would have been hilarious. Sydney comedian flies up to Cairns, walks straight into ocean and dies. <laughs> you know, how many Cairns locals would have been laughing their head off at this Sydney slicker idiot you know blown away by a seven dollar schooner walking straight into a minefield of box jellyfish i mean what an absolute clown but anyway went and did the show sold out great night of comedy was had i hosted immediately just good times okay this is like a great room i've heard lots of good things about it that's why i wanted to do it and did not disappoint there were some characters up there. One guy goes, uh, he goes up there with a guitar and goes, I'm going to do some jokes on a guitar, if you don't mind. Do you guys mind if I do some jokes on a guitar? And, uh, or on the guitar, I should say. And then he puts the guitar down and did his whole set standing on top of it. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was loving it. And then another guy, this happens sometimes when you do comedy regionally. One guy was like, uh, he did this bit about how like you shouldn't say the N-word unless you're alone in your car. He's like, come on, guys. When we're alone in our cars, everyone's saying the N-word. Who's with me? And a lot of the crowd was with him, okay? Like, <laughs> this is the sort of stuff you can, uh, you can, you know, throw out to the crowd when there isn't a white person within 100 meters of said venue. So he was like, yeah, I'm just in my car just ending it up all day. Who, anyone else? Anyone else? And he was like... Dude, it was like doing well in the room. Like, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but yeah, really bizarre night. I was doing some crowd work. One guy, uh, his girlfriend was a stripper and he picked her up while she was stripping. 
This guy's pulled off like every man's dream of like saving the stripper, you know? For every wide-eyed university student who's told some stripper that, hey, you know, you seem so smart and funny, you don't have to do this. He actually pulled her... In fact, no, I got the vibe she was still stripping. But either way, he's banging a stripper, which I think does hold some cachet. Uh, Maybe not as much so in Cairns. She was pretty attractive. Um, I'm not going to describe her appearance, okay? I'm not going to say whether or not this woman was hot enough to be a stripper, okay? That's, that would be an extremely poor taste. I will say that when she told me her name was Honey, I didn't immediately think stripper. And I didn't think stripper at all, okay? So that's, you just read into that however you see fit. But it was a great night. Tom Ballard was in town. Uh, for whatever reason and so he closed the night which is just fucking sick one of australia's best and he had some great bits dude go and see tom ballard this year he's he's cooking dude he's absolutely cooking had a few beers with him afterwards just a really really fun night one of the lads on the show pulled a crowd member which is like one of the greatest things that could ever happen in comedy i think just because like i love it when like this bloke wouldn't this is the the glory of stand-up comedy and that this bloke would never have pulled this woman if it wasn't for stand-up comedy. And that's the power of the arts. So it was great to see one of the lads on the lineup uh, get one away. And it, it did really boost morale the next morning. He was texting everyone about it. So, you know, you, you can never be too certain if, if someone's, uh, how long it's been since someone has last had a sexual conquest. But usually if, if the text message is fired off at about 5.30 a.m. post that morning, you can tell that, yeah, it's probably been a while for the great man. So good to see him back in the mix. And and yeah, it was just a great night. Flew home this morning. Dude, Jetstar, I've got this thing where you can get like $15 credit with your ticket for like food and drink. And I was sitting next to this Indian couple who were just the most irritating couple on the planet. <laughs> Dude, firstly, all right, so the guy, they're, they're like 60 and the guy next to me, for, and this didn't affect me. So like, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, this is something that affected someone else. So th- there's no spite behind this to a certain extent, but this guy straight next to me, as soon as we take off full recline. Now we know how I feel about that. I fly Jetstar, you know, probably more than anyone. And the amount of low breed dogs out there just going full recline, but the wheels have barely, the barely still touching the tarmac. And this bloke's in full recline for a three-hour flight. It's 9.30 a.m. in the morning. So I find that to be in poor taste. And then, right, I've got the aisle seat, okay, which I love because I've got long legs. I'm 6'2", and I, I like to really get that left leg into the aisle, okay? Just really get every bit of value out of my fucking... Well, I, I didn't actually pay for this flight, but, you know, whatever it costs traditionally. And anyway... As soon as we take off, this guy goes full recline and then taps me on the shoulder and goes, I have to get up. Goes to the bathroom like 37 seconds in, leaving his chair in full recline. I mean, this is just such egregious behavior in my books. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry if this is coming across as a bit narky or whatever, but there's three things I care about in this world. It's the Australian Test Cricket Team. Uh, It's the, the volume of my hair on any given day. And etiquette on Jetstar domestic flights, okay? That's that's all you'll hear from me as far as passion. But yeah, and then, so this $15 credit thing. So 
it's this thing where they come around with the food and the drink cart and they say you have, a lot of people have $15 credit attached to their ticket. And for whatever reason, everyone who has $15 credit, I didn't have it. I didn't book the ticket um, for me. It was the club booked it, but it wasn't part of my ticket. But every single person on the plane that did have it was absolutely blown away by the fact they did. Okay? It's like every time they'd be like, sir, you have $15 credit to spend on food and drink. And every single person had the reaction like they had just won who wants to be a millionaire. And it was just, it was just, I mean, it was pretty good to see. Like people were just ordering the weirdest shit because they were just so blown away by this opportunity. There were multiple people were ordering like two minute noodles and like rice crackers and then like a beer at 8.30 a.m. Because they were just so shocked by this out of nowhere. Like I assume they're the ones that tick the box for the $15. So I don't know what was going on. The Indian guy next to me, him and his wife have $15 each, a total of $30. Okay. So she comes over and you know, when someone maybe English is a second language, you could just tell that they're not picking up what the person's saying. So the woman comes over the stewardess and she goes, sir, you and your wife have $30 in credit together. He goes, okay, I'll have one black coffee. That's it. And I could tell this guy doesn't understand the concept of the $30 because I'm about to order a black coffee. I have no credit. Okay. I'm buying this thing. The $30 credit, you should be going nuts. You know, $30 credit on a Jetstar flight, you're kind of like Harry Potter when he's like, we'll take the lot. And he just starts pegging gold coins at this defenseless woman. Okay. That's what, that's like the same vibe as having $30 of credit on a Jetstar flight. So I could tell he just hasn't understood this at all. Anyway, so she pours the black coffee and then she goes, yes, sir, but you have $30 worth of credit. So that's $4. You have $26 of credit left. And he goes, okay, cancel the coffee. <laughs> and, it's, and she goes, you want me to cancel the coffee? And he goes, yes. And she goes, I've already poured it. Are you sure? And he's like, yes, cancel the coffee. And then he goes, where is the menu? And like, he doesn't have a menu. So I just give him mine. And then she goes to me, she goes, do you want the coffee? I go, yes. And like, cause I was going to order a coffee anyway. So beautiful, free coffee for me. Now this guy, him and his wife, they've made, they are kids in a candy store. Okay. This guy goes, I want a Byron Bay Lager, two Pepsi Max, Schweppes, um, uh, two minute noodles, two of these snacks. And like, he's just going nuts. And then... <laughs> She goes, she goes, okay, okay, okay. And all the prices are there. All the prices are there. He, $30 credit. All the prices are available on the menu. And she goes, okay, sir. <laughs> she goes, is that all? And he goes, yep. And they've got the whole cart. You know, they've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They've got, you know, alcohol, coffee, tea. It's just, she goes, okay, so you're $27 over your limits. <laughs> this guy ordered $57 worth of food and drink off the Jetstar cart. And then, so now he starts cancelling stuff again. You know, his wife's about to open one of the Pepsi Maxes. He fucking slaps it out of her hand. He's like, cancel the Pepsis, cancel the noodles, like cancel it all. And then it was so, this poor stewardess was like about to hit this bloke because then he was trying to get it down below the 30, but he still wanted to use the full 30. So then he had to pay like a dollar on his card or 70 cents. And like this woman was just about to hit him. And he was canceling items, reordering items. And then he like he wasn't 
asking his wife what she wanted. So he would just order her something and then she's like, I don't want that. And he's like, take it back. Like, and I'm the stewardess is on one side of me in the aisle and he's on the other side of me. So this is just items are flying past me at a rapid rate. I'm just trying to catch stuff that he doesn't want. You know, I'm praying he opens everything. And uh, it's this bloke. And it was a weird, weird plane flight back. It was one of those planes where like the toddlers just take over. Like there was just toddlers just going up and down the aisles. All, but like they were in good spirits and uh, they weren't crying or anything. Uh, the, the guy on the other side of the aisle from me, just full-blown pirate, just braids, pirate do-rag, weird tattoos. Uh, the, the guy in front of me, this guy, 23-year-old tourist bloke like Pommy or something, was just watching videos on his own phone. These are videos he's taken of trains for like three hours. Okay. Very, very bizarre. He was another bloke who once he found out he had $15 credit was just, his life was flashing before his eyes. So weird, weird flight. Got home eventually, drove back in the Metro and now I'm here. So it's, I don't know, dude, this podcast, it's, it is a podcast. Okay. Whatever you think of it, you cannot dispute the fact that it is a podcast. So it's all happening. Also forgot to spruik my tour dates. Melbourne Comedy Festival is coming up. The people of the South unite. Okay. I got a brand new hour. I'm touring Melbourne and then the whole country. Come on out. I'm doing Melbourne March 29 to April 9. That's 11 shows, Melbourne. Come on down. Schooners after guaranteed. Uh, then I'm doing Perth, April 15. Brisbane, April 22. Newcastle, April 27. Canberra, April 29. Wollongong, May 6. Adelaide, May 13. Sydney, May 18. Sydney, that's the biggest show of my fucking life at the Sydney Comedy Store. It's, it's the best comedy club in the country. It's three times the size of any venue I've done a solo show in. I'm going to film it as well. Come on down, okay? If you if you enjoy this podcast each week, throw me bloody 29 bucks and let's party, dude, okay? Uh, you can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. So hope to see you there. And, uh, and yeah, let's crack in to a few topics from this week. Okay, now, just flicking through the news on my way home, looking for a couple of topics to talk about on this week's podcast. And for whatever reason, the celebrity news has not been capturing my attention of late. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do believe it's because Harry and Megan just dominate the headlines. And Harry and Megan, I'm just at the point with them where I was never into it. Okay. I thought it was going to be a phase. You know, the queen was dead. They did the book and all this, but it just seems to never end. And now to the point where I don't even know what's going on. Like it's like Game of Thrones season six. So even though it clearly is the most interesting thing on the planet to everyone, I think most people over the age of 40 anyway, I'm just too far gone with it, never interested, and now I'm, now I'm out of the loop. So, so I have been struggling to find hot, hot celebrity news of late, but never fear because this week we have a, a story that I legitimately give a fuck about, and it is... it's. I was going to say my idol, but that's maybe not the right word. Then I was going to say my queen, and I really am glad I didn't say that. Someone I'm a fan of. There we go. Okay, there it is. 
That is the right chord to strike as we move into this topic. Someone I am a massive fucking fan of, Avril Lavigne, has broken up with her fiancé, Mod Sun, who's like a punk rock guy. And she is now, like legitimately four days later, dating Tiger the rapper. Okay? A lot to digest here. Firstly, uh, she broke it off with Mod Sun. She dumped this bloke, her fiancé, in February and was dating Tiger in February. So I think it's very safe to say we've got some genuine overlap here. And, I mean, Mod Sun, I don't know if anyone here is familiar with this guy's work. I've listened to a couple of his songs, good stuff or whatever, but if you're friends with him or you're in his inner circle or you've seen him at the shops, check in on this bloke, okay? Because... I think it's pretty clear to everyone in the world that Avril Lavigne was most likely boot scooting Tiger behind his back, then dropped him. Now they're full on dating. Okay. You don't just, people are always like, oh, there was no overlap or like, you know, we started dating three days after I left so-and-so. It's like, oh, did you just meet him for the first time ever at a bus stop and fall in love on the spot three days later? Oh, no, 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 of course not. There was definitely some overlap, dude. So, Mod Sun has been murked out emotionally and, you know, he is he does have green hair and face tattoos. So, to a certain extent, this is probably the best thing that could ever happen to him career-wise. The next album writes itself if he can get past the tears to write it. But, dude, I will say this. I love Avril Lavigne, okay? I've loved her for 20 years. But I will say this. Do not propose to this woman. In fact, probably don't even attempt to date her. Really. I mean, the the body list of just blokes getting murked out by Avril over the years. I think she's been married twice, engaged to two other guys. No one lasts more than three years. She's just on to the next. She never ages. I think she might have got fake tits. She's just getting hotter. She's still relevant. Her last album, there's a couple of good songs I enjoyed. Like, this chick is just unstoppable, Okay. Engage with Avril Lavigne at your own peril because this chick is just, I don't know, she's like Teflon. Like, I don't know if any, if she can be hurt, okay? And I honestly could not handle dating a celebrity because they just seem to move too quickly. Okay, let's say it's February 15. I'm, I'm engaged to a woman. February 15, that woman dumps me, shatters my heart into a million pieces. Three days later, the love of my life who just dumped me is now on camera making out with Tiger, okay? Now, I don't want to tell you how to live or how, how resilience works in everyday life. I'm just saying that personally for me, that would probably break me, okay? The love of your life is just making out with Tiger at Fashion Week three days after breaking up with you. It's like fucking hell, dude, you know? Jesus Christ, it's just... Plus, you know what's coming next as well? A whole punk rock album of Avril just torching you, just torching the absolute shit out of you for for really, I mean, what, loving her? Like, fuck it, hell, Avril, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. So it's Avril's first foray into rappers as well. She's traditionally been a punk rock aficionado as far as her partners. She was married to the front man of Sum 41. She was married to the front man of Nickelback. I mean... It seems like anyone in Macca's Spotify playlist has rooted Avril Lavigne at this stage, but then she dated... Yeah, then she was engaged to Mod Sun. She was was dated uh, someone related to the Kardashians for a bit. Double check that. Um, 
And now, yeah, maybe rappers might be her go because, you know, she's run through a, a lot of white guys who rock. Maybe it's time for some, uh, some black guys who don't, you know? I don't know. Maybe, maybe black guys who rap and blaze away, might, this might stick. I'm not sure, okay? Uh, really bizarre crossover. I didn't personally see this coming. I think Mod Sun definitely didn't see this coming. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, but yeah, I'll be following this. Uh, I'll be following this like a hawk. I'll tell you that for free. And Avril is, she's back. You know what I mean? Like she's back in the news, which is just, it's good to see. Um, as far as what this means, I mean, could we see a tiger track with Avril singing the hook? I, I don't know what you guys are into, but I personally wouldn't mind that at all. Okay. I would love, I'm just a real fan of just a rapper just saying some illicit shit with like just Rihanna on the hook. I just, it's my favorite genre of rap is just, just absolute bars and then one of the greatest singers on the planet singing some mad hook and then a bridge, you know? I just think it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it, okay? I'm looking at you, Drill. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe potential collab. Maybe they'll just continue. Maybe they'll be boot scooting so much they won't have time to get in the studio. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't mind. Potentially, maybe Tiger could break Avril's heart. Maybe our gal needs to get clipped up a bit uh, because so far it's just been a trail of bodies over the last two decades and no bloke has gotten out alive. So if you were thinking about dating Avril Lavigne, well, firstly, you can't. She's with Tiger. But if, if she breaks up with Tiger, which she no doubt will, and you're thinking about having a dig, slipping into Avril's DMs, I would say proceed with caution, okay? Now, up next, I'd like to talk about this thing. I learned a new word. Now, I often learn new words, and this one, tradwife. I don't know if anyone's across this. It's very exciting. Tradwife, it's short for traditional wife, and this is chicks on TikTok are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Promoting traditional roles of wives and females where they're home people homemakers is the word i'm looking for you know they dress very feminine in sort of they look like they're always about to head off and milk a cow you know they're cooking beautiful meals just being a, a homemaker a stay-at-home mum. and apparently this is very popular on tiktok and you know fair play i got no issue with you know the this this thing, but I, I will say that in 2023, uh, as far as these trad wives are concerned, maybe this flies in in you know sort of the middle of nowhere in Iowa, where houses are seven dollars and built out of mud bricks. But in 2023, in a real city, I will say that has anyone told the cost of living crisis about this new trad wife trend? Because I don't know if this is, if these traditional roles are going to fly when it's 1.2 mil for an apartment. Okay. Babe, take off the dress and put the pants back on because we need to get in the trenches together, okay? You know, they say the trad wife thing is like, uh, sort of comes from a 1950s vibe and that makes a lot of sense to me. Back when houses were literally $7 and everyone fucking had one. Dude, in the 1950s, the milkman owned a house, okay? There was a guy driving around in a truck, dropping off bottles of milk and he owned property, okay? So yeah, babe. You can, you can stay at home and make a cake. Life's pretty good. But in 2023, you're going to need to jump in the trenches with me 
and get to work because it's it's forty six dollars for a schnitty, and that's just the real tip of the iceberg with some of our problems. So, yeah, I don't know about this whole trad wife thing. Um, you know, I just think the world is probably too expensive now. Like, if you uh, if you are a trad wife, that's pretty much just it's just really a subtle brag. It's just a subtle brag of saying, "Hey, my husband makes a shitload of money, dude." Okay. You know, if you have a uh, a stay-at-home wife in 2023, that's just that just means you're you're a fucking killing it, dude. <laughs> you're absolutely killing it. Okay, in 2023, most couples, I would say, you got to work 60 hours a week each, and then come home at the end of it and, and split a can of baked beans for dinner. So, I don't know how practical this trad wife thing is. I will say it's definitely a vibe, aesthetics-wise. You know, the the missus is in some some nice dress, milking a cow. You come home to a freshly baked cake, that's fucking phenomenal, okay? You're smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey, but you don't know about the health the health uh, downfalls I've said behavior yet. It's like mad men. It sounds really exciting. And I think that, yeah, if we were living in 1953, this would be the coolest thing ever. Um, but coffees are $8 now, babe, so... I don't know. I don't know if this is completely realistic, and I would li- love to know what the husbands of these trad wives do, because I I would imagine most of them are CEOs. So it's a it's a cool it's a cool vibe. It's a cool aesthetic. I question the practicality practicality of it, but much like ghosting and gaslighting, and that other one I learned, it's good to just be up on the lingo. Okay, good to be up on the lingo. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Are you ready to make a New Year's resolution you can actually keep? Our friends at Manscaped have one for you and it's called Proper Hygiene Lads. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming and experts of men's hair removal have you covered for your much-needed resolution of feeling your best. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to level up and fully align your hygiene routine with the most stylish and premium grooming products out there. I've been using these products ever since they came on board. Love the Lawnmower 4.0, the ease of use, the safety, it's waterproof, it's got the light on the end. I mean, literally any idiot could use this thing and still rock the utmost of perfection in hygiene okay i mean it's just user friendly that's the best part about it whenever wherever get yourself looking your best and then just the confidence that comes off the back of that i've said before my shoulder blades are borderline grinding together as i walk through a beer garden after using the lawnmower 4.0 so if you are looking to upgrade your hygiene and grooming routine i like i I just said I recommend the Lawnmower 4.0, and you can get that as part of the Platinum Package 4.0. In this package, you get the Lawnmower itself. The trimmer offers a ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology to re- reduce cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes with that 4000K LED spotlight, something you never knew you needed, but it's definitely a game changer. The trimmer is also the perfect size to travel with, which I do, and it's waterproof if you want to shave in the shower, which I do as well. I mean, was this thing designed for me or for every man? I'm not sure. But anyway, you also get the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer as part of the package. Uh, You get, as well as the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. 
which will help you show off your best self in 2023. These unique, unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence. The Platinum Package also comes with a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, as well as body wash and deodorant. Then, to complete the set, Manscaped threw in the Shed Travel Bag and Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs as free gifts. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up after your New Year's gym or sports sessions. So take advantage of Manscaped's best-valued bundle and save 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals. Uh, It's time to save and shave with Manscaped. Okay, just to finish us up here, sorry it was just the two topics this week. Like I said, legitimately just flew in from Cairns and my schedule's all mixed up this week. I'm working all day Wednesday where I usually do the pod. And then I've got a like a gig outside of Sydney Wednesday night, so I just won't have time to do it Wednesday. So here we are. Hope you're enjoying it, etc. Now, just like to briefly talk about the cricket, the third test match between Australia and India, which we won. Fantastic job, lads. Okay. I was not overly critical of the lads last week. I was more bemused, uh, astounded, you know, befuddled was more my reaction to their second test performance but you know fair play just like to briefly touch on the conditions that were presented to the lads and then I'll talk about how good the lads are in that order okay now this pitch was so laughably a disgrace I was watching day one session one and it's just it's absolutely farcical like balls are just exploding out of out of the rough on day one I mean the whole pitch is rough okay like Ashwin is opening the bowling and it's just like some of these balls are just absolutely filthy, okay? Some of these balls have bad intentions, dude. It's just crazy stuff. And look, here's the thing. There is a line between home team conditions and corruption slash cheating. Was that line crossed in the third test between Australia and India as far as the BCCI preparing a truly laughable cricket pitch in a blatant attempt uh, to sort of give the home team an unassailable advantage in this game. They, and here's the thing is, all right, I don't want to go on some rant here, but it's like the only reason India lost that test match is because they're just a victim of their own corruption. Like they cheated to the point of it blowing up in their face. Do you know how much you have to cheat to lose? You know what I mean? Like, do you know how much you have to cheat to the point where it comes back around? That, like, that's how much they cheated. Like, that, this was so beyond the pale. And I don't even mind. I'm so in for raging Bunsen burners on this trip. I find it really entertaining to watch. It's way different from what we get here. But three test matches in a row going two and a half days. Honestly, if the, if the test match goes for four days, three and a half, I really don't have a problem with any of this. And I don't have a problem with them creating pitches that suit their team. They should absolutely do that. And we do that to a certain extent, okay? Uh, We do it to an extent where, yeah, our players might be more familiar with said conditions, but it's still very much on the table for either team to win over the course of five days. The pitch we played on in in the third test was just, it was so spin-friendly to the point where it was just like, it was like, okay, whatever, I guess it's just, 
I honestly could have walked out and bowled or batted on that pitch in that test match. And it's not, it's not uh, you know, outside the realm of possibilities that I, Billy Darcy, third grade loser, could have had success in that test match. Just because the conditions were to the point where it didn't actually matter if you were good at cricket or not. It was just sort of like, hey, you know? Like, if I'm watching a team chase 75 on the first session of day three, and I'm like, I don't, need, I don't know if they're going to get there. This is a real 50-50 situation. It's beyond a joke, okay? So, really average stuff from the Indian Cricket Board. I mean, they're traditionally a pretty horrific organization with the way they handle certain things. I remember when Harvajan racially vilified Andrew Simons, and they said if Harvajan was suspended for racially vilifying a player, they were going to take the whole team home. So I've always had a bad taste in my mouth as far as the BCCI is concerned since that incident. They're always pulling dodgy stuff. Plus then you've got Ravi Shastri's horrific commentary on top of that, just the most biased, whatever commentary of all time. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Let's move on, okay? This is a comedy podcast and there's no there's no use me getting in the uh, in the mud with that, but... Anyway, so India come in, they prepare the most dog shit pitch of all time. It is extremely corrupt, etc. Kuhneman comes on and takes Pfeiffer. You know, good on Kuhneman, okay? Wasn't even selected in the original squad. He gets the call up. He goes, fucking oath, dude, I'll come to India. No one, most people in Australia were unsure of how to pronounce his name uh, when he played in that second test. And he's just, he's gone in there and he's just given it a rip, you know? He is giving it a bloody rip, and it's good to see. Rohit Sharma, the shot he played to get out to Kuhneman in the, in the first innings was, I think that told you everything you need to know about India's attitude towards this game. They were so certain they were just going to roll over us. Uh, I mean, he's ru- run down the pitch, just tried to put Kuhneman, you know, into the stands. It's just one of the wildest shots I've ever seen. Um, that Shreyas Iyer guy comes out. He, he's got to have the most unlikable... Uh, persona I've ever seen. He just looks furious the whole time. He got bold and reviewed it in one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Uh, Usman Kawaja, that 60 was pretty much the difference between the two sides. Uh, really great stuff from Uzi, who continues to just be fantastic. Okay, really enjoyed that. Sorry, I'm just trying to reset my vibe here. I got too fired up thinking about the cricket pitch and the corruption. You know, it's just so frustrating. Because if they just prepared normal cricket pitches that heavily favoured them, they would win the test match and it would be better for everyone to watch. It would go a little bit longer. So it's just, it's so annoying when, when yeah, their own ill intentions sort of took away from, from the game. In what has been a pretty exciting series, despite the pitches just being legitimately untenable. So anyway, Nathan Lyon takes eight for in the second innings. He's about to take 500 test wickets. Dude, Nathan Lyon has just got to be the ultimate quiet achiever. You know, you just look at him, he just sort of goes about his work. There's Threefa, there's Tufa, there's Fourfa. It's just, you know, his head is always shaved perfectly. He's always just, left handers come out. He bowls in exceptional areas to them. Right handers come out. He toils away. He doesn't look as dangerous to them, but he just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And now he almost has 500 test wickets. Dude, 500 test wickets is, is reserved for absolute all-time Hall of Fame test cricketers. And that's what Nathan Lyon is. 
you know, but he doesn't carry himself with that. You know, he walks around like someone who's played 20 test matches with like, you know, four Korea roots or something. But you wouldn't know that this guy is just one of the all-time greats of our game. Maybe it's because he's got, he's got such a, a slick bald head. You know, if he had a, a, just a really impressive sell, maybe he does start talking arrogantly on the mic. I'm not sure. But Nathan Lyon's just unbelievable. Um, Travis Head, 49 not out. He's just got so much dog in him, Travis Head. It's unbelievable. I half expected the USC announced to announce that John Jones would be fighting Travis Head next for the undisputed heavyweight strap. That's how much fucking dog Travis Head has in him. So it's all very exciting. Uh, India need to win the fourth test to, to, to confirm qualification for the World Test Championship. So... The series isn't dead per se. We have a chance to go two all, which is very exciting. And and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can't I can't get the pitch out of my mind. You know, just with Rohit Sharma like talking about the pitch as if he personally is curating them, just all this sort of stuff. It's um it's all very unsettling and does sort of take away from what is a really entertaining series. I'm enjoying it a lot, okay? Even though it is like stupid, it's fun. You know, we're chasing 75 and it's like, I don't think we're going to get this. That's fun. That doesn't happen often. Okay. So this series is stupid, but it's fun. And that is, that is my hot take. Okay. So really good stuff from the lads. You know, everyone was spraying them last week, including myself. I will say we did see a lot less uh, slog sweeps and reverse paddles this test match. So I don't know if there's any correlation between that and the result. It's not for me to say. Okay, but well done, boys. If we if we walk away from this two all or even two one down, I mean, there's no chance of us taking a draw on these horrific pitches. You know, they should just make these test matches three days. If you can last three days, you get a draw. That's the equivalent. But yeah, if we go, if we leave here two all, we will absolutely buzzsaw these cunts in England in the World Test Championship, and then we're on to the Ashes. So keep going, lads. It's tough stuff over there. Um, but I am enjoying it, and I'm sure a lot of people in this great nation are. So keep going, the boys, you know? Just keep bloody going, okay? What the fuck is going on over there, dude? It's crazy shit. We're enjoying it. It's stupid. It's corrupt. It's fun. It's great. It's everything in between. It's test cricket, dude. So it's all good stuff. Up next, we got Rowan Arneal, and I've uh, got some good yarns there. Should be real good. Come and check out my tour. Uh, I would love to see you there. All those dates are at the ticket link. Uh, you can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. Okay, so all that stuff, anything you need from me is in my Instagram bio, uh, whether that be a ticket to one of my shows or a glass of full cream milk. Okay, so check it out. Tickets via the link in my bio. Rowan Arneal up next. It's all happening. Hope you enjoyed this one, etc., dude, etc. All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Joining me, as always, is Rowan Arneal, Sydney comedian. What is doing? Not much. Not much is doing. You say not much every week, mate. I'm going to need you to bring an answer. A lot's doing. So much is doing. There it is. There it is. Now, there might be some environmental noises in this episode because the window's open because it's just, it's too hot. I'm afraid it's too hot. It's too hot. Okay. Now, when we signed that Spotify deal, 
These will not be issues we will be dealing with. The quietest air conditioning in the world. Ooh. If you want to see this pod come to life, it comes to life at about 18 degrees. Yeah, dude, we're a winter pod. <laughs> we are a winter pod, for Why do sure. you think every pod of me and Rowan is 37 minutes long? Because <laughs> by that point, Rowan has no buttons left on his shirt. <laughs> yeah, some, some Irish boys are sweating it out. Yeah. It should just be called a steam room. Made yeah. of complete consequence in a steam room. The st- maybe that could be the second half of the pod's name. Right, the steam room. Welcome to the steam room. Men of absolute consequence. Dude, I feel like if you called a pod the steam room, there's definitely some bloke out there who's like, welcome to the steam room where we tackle the, the stigma around men's <laughs> mental health. <laughs> or it could easily be a gay podcast as well. Yeah, or yeah. a gay mental health podcast. Yeah. Well, same, same. Speaking of Spotify deals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, what's been doing? I was just, um, I got to run this one past you. I was just at the comedy store over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Best club in the country. Take that, you interstate dogs. <laughs> Dude, that's one thing about COVID that I feel like we really lost was the rivalry between the different comedy cities. Mm. You know? Well, it's still alive and well in our heart. Oh, I still <laughs> wait, I still have the hatred required. Oh, mate. Someone- Someone I met someone at the pub at Newcastle. Some guy asked me if I wanted any nuts. Just some like odd dude that was running the sound for this band. He's like, oh, I've done a couple of comedy nights. Um, sound. I'm like, oh, who? He just mentioned some people and it's just like half an hour of me teeing off on those people. <laughs> like, well, they're not really anything, mate. They're not really anything at all. They're Victorian cunts. <laughs> <laughs> dude, the, I feel like with COVID, the battle lines fell because we mm. was there was no scenes to defend anymore. Mm. You know? It's like, how can you hate your enemy when you have really nothing to defend? Mm. So, I'm hoping once the scenes build back up a bit, we can start being, like, more toxic towards each other. Finally. God. Oh, my God. It's um, been exhausting not co- being able to be toxic. COVID really did take everything. Oh, it's so hard. I want to blindly hate people and their comedy um, based on the state they come from. And, obviously, the 12 seconds of their video that I watched and wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Let's not forget that 12 se- four, four to 12 seconds. Yeah, and I want to try and hold on to that hate even after meeting them and finding out they are lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've held on to... I've, I, I normally let go of the hate at that point. Yeah, I know. Oh, what a nice guy. God, I love him. God, Have I you seen him. his act? It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we lost that. Anyway, so I was at the, the greatest club in the country and... Oh yeah, that's right. So great lineup, a lot of lot of hot hot acts. Um, Heath Franklin, as in Heath Franklin's Chopper, very funny comedian. Very very funny stand up. Probably uh, I just lo- love his act. I mm. love it. I don't. I can't. I don't know how to describe someone's act without just doing their jokes. Yeah, yeah. But fuck, it's funny. Very funny man. Very funny. And anyway, so he's on stage, going great guns, and someone yells out, "Yummy, yummy, yummy." <laughs> In the middle of one of his bits. Disrespect. It's disrespect. Mm. Okay. Now, it's one of the more bizarre heckles we've seen. Yeah, that's a hard one. But here's the thing is that sometimes people just yell out random shit. Mm. People are hammered. They they disrespect the arts in any way they see fit. And anyway, so cut to about maybe I want to say upwards of two minutes. If I was on stage, I would have guessed coked out tradie. Exactly. That's 90% of them anyway. 90% of them. Okay. Blokes with half sleeves often say yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> they often... Dude, I once met this 
this guy I know that he, oh actually he's going to jail now true um but he he's a fucking idiot and a drug addict but he, he found out I did stand up and was like mate mate I went and saw Steve Hughes and I was like Steve Hughes is so funny I think Steve Hughes is so funny he's like yeah yeah he's great I started just yelling out random noises at him and going ah shark 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 ah. and I was like he's like he could, he didn't even fucking handle it that well he was just like what are you doing he didn't really have anything I'm like Mate, if it's on him to have something for nah, shark, oh. then surely it's on you as an audience member not to yell out gibberish. Dude, I just I just don't even know. And well, I hate he's the, I'm, I'm glad he's going to prison. Yeah, what's he going in for? Uh dealing drugs. Okay. Not the worst crime in the not world. Not the worst crime, but the worst crime in the world is yelling at Steve Hughes and then yeah. getting angry that Steve Hughes doesn't know how to handle you should shark. Be, you should be doing time for interrupting one of this country's former greats, mm. okay? Just because he lost his mind doesn't mean you have to lose yours. Exactly. He didn't know that Steve Hughes doesn't believe in the Holocaust. Yeah. He doesn't know that. Exactly. Anyway, so yummy, yummy, yummy is yelled out. Okay. Now... <laughs> Cut to about two minutes of Heath dragging this person into hell. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't too bad, but it was addressed aggressively. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And the crowd was left under no illusions that this person was. that They'd been, you know, they were were a fucking idiot. Yeah, a fucking idiot. And anyway, cut to the halftime break. Um, The manager runs in and goes, Oh my God, I forgot to tell you guys. There is a group of Down syndrome people in the 10th row. <laughs> just beyond where you can see. Nice. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in the darkness. We put them just in the darkness. Just so where anything they yell out could be mistaken for a coked up tradie. Perfect. Yeah. And um, so that was really the only blip on an otherwise phenomenal weekend. Was, How did Heath respond to that? Well, there's nothing you could do, mate. <laughs> he, he rolled it off. Yeah. There's really nothing you can do in that situation. I have previously teed off on a couple of disabled people where mm. uh, one time it was in Newcastle. I was headlining this night years ago, like for Connors or whatever. And I'm just getting heckled out the gate. Mm. And it turned out this person was uh, had a mental disability. Yeah. But of course, you know, uh, I, I, did, I did not find that out until sort of the fourth minute of me calling them a cunt. Yeah. Well, you just thought they had a different type of mental disability, the one that makes them yell out exactly. at comedy shows. And this is the issue is that some people are such cunts they appear mentally disabled. Exactly. And some people are so mentally disabled, they're cunts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and so there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard from the darkness. Yeah, and you can't see them and you have 0.7 of a second. Because <laughs> if this person isn't mentally disabled and you, you just cop it, mm. now everyone knows, hey, you can just yell yummy, yummy, yummy at this bloke. <laughs> He's not going to do shit about it. So, yeah. But it was such a fun weekend. That's lovely. It's lovely, yeah. And that's sort of... I don't know. We just sort of dovetail off there. That's sort of the end of the yarn. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time at Newcastle as well. Yeah, you're at the Newcastle Comedy Club, mate. Yeah, good people, lovely people. I just great I was just, people. I was just all week, just just not bombing, but yeah, kind of bombing to the inner city of Sydney, getting a lot of gasps, getting hey. a lot of like, how could he say that about Lebanese people? <laughs> getting some of those looks. Yeah, in front of and- my oh, in front of my mum as well. I, my mum. Oh my to- god! Why do you keep inviting family members to these horrible rooms? Um, well, she's going on a like long holiday, so she was like, "I should see you just come to come to a gig." And I was, has like, she never seen you before? Ages and ages and ages ago. Okay. And then I was just like, then I was working out bits. <laughs> Dude, oh my god! <laughs> I was working out bits. You, you, you are a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a dumb guy. Dude, I-, I was like doing crowd work. Oh my like, god! Was, but I was like, I'm so over the other bits. <laughs> you are the weirdest bloke in that you will work out 
bits in terrible rooms. You'll do you in terrible <laughs> rooms in front of your friends and family. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Well, my yeah. Well, my sister. My sister's like. It doesn't matter. I don't care about my youngest. Like it's fine. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She. Oh yeah. My mom. My mom gave me a glowing review before um telling me that a bunch of other people in the lineup don't really have an act. And I was like, well, they're on television, mom. But um, okay. Oh really? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, oh, that's funny. Um, she's a fan of Jared McGowan now. Good taste. Good taste. Yeah. But, also, um, tell me who one of the comedians who doesn't have an act is because a name just shot into my mind. Tell me after the pod. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I. That's the initials that I just mimicked to you. Oh, okay. It wasn't who I was thinking. Oh, okay. Anyway. Well, there's a bunch to choose from. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And then go up to Newcastle. Guess who loves me in Newcastle? Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden, your views on Lebanese people are lining up with the crowd a bit more. Maybe they just understand that it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, that's so funny. But um, speaking of jokes, mate. Comedy rocked the world this week. Comedy changed culture as we know it. Mm, yeah. What What's going on on the project or some shit? So, I thought you knew about this. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Mm. But obviously, you're a massive Spanian fan. Big time. I was yelling hoodles today at Tate. <laughs> we were splitting big stones and there were these 15-year-olds fucking splitting these big stones. And they all work on kitchen bench tops. Like, so, they haven't done it before. I've done it. I do it all the time. And every time they get one, I go, hoodles, hoodles, let's fucking go, cunt. So, mate, can you uh, explain to me and the listener, what is Spanian? Well, Spanian is an Australian rapper that- um. So, I didn't- I was reading about him today. I didn't know he was a rapper. He's not a very good rapper. I thought he got famous just on TikTok. Well, he, his rap got some traction, but not really anything. But he, he just does hood stories um, of- just, He just walks around Redfern, Waterloo, Woolmaloo, and just fucking tells yarns about doing crime there as a young man. So, what did and he- he's very funny. What did he engaged. go to prison for? Um- Bank robbing, staunching, like stabbing his enemy, and then he like had another enemy, and he got out of finally got out of prison, and he told the guy, "I'm gonna fuck you up once I get out of prison." And then the day he got out of prison, he stabbed that dude in front of a cop station and shit. Okay, he was a heroin addict since he was like 14 or some shit. He's just run. He's he's been in and out of prison since he was like 13, 14, like boys' homes and shit. Wow. Okay. He's a Waterloo boy, mate. He's a Waterloo Sydney boy. Sydney city of the money makers, bro. Yeah. One of my favorite Spanian quotes is fucking, he's talking about um when we first saw the Crips and the Bloods in the 90s, we were like, dude, these cunts are mad. These cunts are fucking gangsters. And then like three years later, we were like, bro, these cunts are gronks. <laughs> these cunts are killing each other over the color of their shirt. <laughs> Who the fuck gives a fuck? We're here to make money. Sydney city, the money maker. We work in the shadows, bro. We're not killing each other over shirts, cunt. That's gronk shit. All you cunts out west. All you cunts out west want to fucking kill each other over or postcode or this is this. You're from mine, from your area. Or you're from whatever. It's like you're going to prison for some kind of a postcode. You're a fucking gronk, cunt. Mate, I gotta say that. Yeah, that's smart. It's smart, bro. It's yeah. good. My sister works with um, violent offenders that have been to prison for like drug and out, drug and violent offenders. She's a psychologist, and she says she just wants to play that video for them. Oh, <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. See, Spanian thinks you're a gronk as well. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucking trying to kill cunts over postcodes, dude. It's so true though. But like, just the tribalism of human beings, like. I've just said horrific things to people because, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
because they played for a cricket club that was not from the same suburb as my cricket club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just shit like that. Gronk like, shit, mate. Spaniards not down for that. It's silly. Spaniards not down for that. And then all. I remember any time we had beers with the other team after a game of grade cricket, you'd be like, like exactly with the comedy thing, you'd be like, "Fuck, they're actually great blokes." Oh, <laughs> maybe this is maybe all cricketers should bind together. Yeah, it's like, you like cricket as well. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. So then, Sp- so Spanion got famous um, doing TikToks and raps about yeah, the hood. Yeah, okay. Because I've got a pretty good podcast now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that. Yeah, good um, talk, yeah. I never got into Spanion, um, but anyway. So then, cut to the project last week, mm. and uh, there's this guy Ruben K. Are you familiar with Ruben K? I saw him in the news. He's a drag queen comedian. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm not familiar with his work in any way, shape, or form. Neither. Uh, he went on the project and was being very sort of performative, mm. doing a lot of a uh, lot of knock knocks and stuff. Mm. And he said, and ta- taunts our boy taunts was sitting right next to him, so right. he's like in all the clips. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Ruben K, full drag, go uh, said he's talking about Christians persecuting the gays or whatever. Mm. You know, on the project, mm. perfect place to do it. You got uh, that Steve Price guy, that right wing guy on the end of the desk. Oh, I don't know if he was on the end of the desk for this one, but he's, he would have been pulling his eyebrows out if he was. Mm. And uh, Ruby K said, I love Jesus. Anyone who can get uh, anyone who can get nailed for three days and come back is like, I'm a fan of. Mm. Right. And the project desk, uh, except for Waleed Ali, crying. Crying. Yeah, crying, yeah. laughing. That's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know. Whatever. Spanion's a man of God, though. I can see this annoying him. Yeah, so Spanion is a man of God. So Spanion comes out and says, like, this is a fucking disgrace and, like, a lot of homophobia. Yeah, yeah, I did a watch A lot the video. of homophobia Mate. coming down the pipeline. Um, and then, like, a lot of saying all gays are pedophiles. Yeah, I did see him saying a little thing like that. Yeah. And- <laughs> Dude, it's- he was conflating it with pedophilia for sure. Yeah, yeah. So Grooming. Like, yeah. And here's the thing. I think when it comes to pedophiles, mate, I think they're all bad, mm. whether they're gay or straight. I, and that's just me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's just me. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not- Your new school. Exactly, mate. You know, some of us are living in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not 1991 where we're celebrating straight pedophilia. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Spanion got dropped from his record label. Mm. All the musicians come out and said he's a, he's a homophobic dog, mm. this sort of stuff. Um, Ruben K is just- just loving the controversy. Yeah, he's you know? that up. Likes and comments, babe. Likes and comments. <laughs> and and that's sort of where we're at. And nice. Spanion has put out a couple more videos just being just really homophobic. Oh, yeah. He's taking it up a little bit. Yeah. 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 And um, what are your thoughts and feelings on this, mate? Mate, I just As don't- a Spanion man. I just don't want what- Okay. I just don't- I don't think this is reflective- Largely, I just don't want people to think this is largely reflective of the ex-convict Lebanese community in Sydney. <laughs> That's not what they're like, Mark. That's not what they're like. Do you think, mate, to be honest, I, I don't think anyone's thinking that. Okay, good. Are Thank people- God. <laughs> no, no, no. Apart from the several other Lebanese ex-convicts I follow on Instagram that posted similar stuff. Oh, really? It's not reflective, mate. It, you, it- uh, you've got one foot in the crime world. There's like this weird crime celebrity world. Um, oh, who, are this- some, who are some other celeb criminals that you um, follow? He's not a celeb, but Rack Nup is a guy that has about 200 followers on Instagram that I'm I'm a fan of. A lot of, a lot of hashtag brotherhood, hashtag loyalty, bitches don't respect anyone. Um, wow. Post. That's kind of what the prison, the prison Instagram feed will give you. 
Yeah, you're on that prism algorithm, dude. Mate, I love a good prison yarn. Yeah. I'm a good Australian boy. See, here's the thing is, I love the project. (laughs) (laughs) We're on different ends of this. So, that's that's where I'm coming into this, mate. You know, big... uh, Anyway, and, mate, I I love stuff like this because, for me, everything is where it needs to be with this controversy. Oh, of course. Gay drag queen hates Christianity. Mm. Tick. Tick. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. Christians hate gay drag queen who makes joke about about Jesus. Tick. Man, in and out of prison. Well, I was surprised by this because he had a dude on his- Because I first saw like the memes about his homophobia and I'm like, I know a lot about Spanian. So, I was like, bro, he had a gay dude on his podcast. Well, a dude that um was- It's like, it's a hard thing to fucking describe, but it's the weirdest podcast. It's like him and this like rapper from Waterloo that- um got like was getting heat in the prison community because on his charges he'd been doing meth um fucking dudes and then um after being assaulted as a child he got in this loop where he was like meeting up with gay dudes fucking them and then assaulting them afterwards and stealing their phone right and he's like mate as long as it, if it was consensual when it was happening brother that's not putrid shit. Pedophilia is putrid. I got gay mates. I, I don't care about that. I don't think that's putrid, bro. That's not putrid. So, I was like, Spanian's on record thinking, saying gay people aren't putrid. Yeah, Spanian says putrid a lot, hey. It's a prison shit, bro. Putrid is like what the the people in the boneyard- um, <laughs> You familiar with the boneyard? I'm not familiar with the boneyard. So, the boneyard's in prison where all the people are in protection. So- all the pedophiles oh, are in like protection. like all the weirdos. Like the guys who've done horrific things. So, they get bashed by everyone else unless they're in the boneyard. So, Spanion will go through- Go spit on the fucking pedophiles and through the bars and shit like that. Mate. Mate, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just going to bounce it up a bit. I thought this was fun. What the hell? Well, what, <laughs> what world are you into? Mate, you just want to listen to some Aussie rap. Somehow mate. you understand the dynamics of Australian prison. Mate, I don't know, dude. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Spanion was on record saying it's not putrid, but now, yeah, it's putrid in his books, it looks like. Do you think, is this the end of Spanion or is he is he going to get bigger and better than ever? I don't think he's going to get bigger and better, but it's not the end of Spanion. He you know, there was like- mate, um, do you know who George Christensen is? Uh, he's like, he's the, the fat politician that- what did he, he did something putrid. Oh, he did. he's a putrid dog himself for sure. <laughs> what did he do? He was he was going over to Thailand and like spending like government money on prostitutes over there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Um, But mate, he's been a big supporter of Spanion all of a sudden. Interesting, because he's anti-gay, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of anti-gay guys have jumped on the Spanion bandwagon. I've got a line about that in uh, one, of, one of my bits. It's about diet and- uh, it's a bit like blokes who like do keto, but then you listen to someone talk about keto for like 15 minutes and you're like, yeah, mate, good on you. And then they just break the keto diet in mm, front of you. Mm. And it's like, uh, the line is like, it's like watching an anti-gay politician, like fuck a bloke. Mm, but mm. at least they have the common courtesy to fly to Thailand. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. George they, don't Chris- just, they don't just throw it in your face. Mm, mm. So, yeah, he's he's got, Spaniard's got some weird fucking support now. But I don't know. He's just an internet guys are undefeatable in the media. Well, they yeah. can't take they can't take his TikTok away. Well, that's the thing, yeah. And the thing with well, the thing with this Spanian bloke is there was like fifty blokes in Newtown like screaming the Lord's prayer, like militarized. <laughs> and I do I do wonder how much of Spanian's videos were 
If Spanion doesn't make those videos, do you think there's 60 lads screaming the Lord's Prayer on King Street? Mate, that's probably pretty true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably pretty true. Mate, once again, people that people that have been in and out of prison their entire lives sometimes have very different opinions to the rest of society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do, dude? I tell you what, I love not the fucking insane cunt. I love not being um, religious in the sense that, like, you do dodge a lot of stuff where it's like, oh no, 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 no I'm not part of this at all. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, if you yeah. like are a devout Christian and people are like, mate, what do you think about this Spanian thing with Ruben K and all this stuff? And that you have to actually think about that. Mm. Whereas we get to enjoy it. Yeah, I just get to be like, Spaniards fucking archaic, dude. Spaniards lost it. Yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I mean, it's like every but being like every good hood Christian, they pick and choose, mate. Well, <laughs> no one pick and chooses more than the hood Christian. Right. Really. I'm so fucking glad you said that because this is what I don't understand <laughs> dude, about dude, every like dude. Every rapper is just like constantly talking about like I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, God and shit, and then like and I killed three people, and you're like, dude, come dude, on, uh, fucking- you're such a lousy Christian. You're always dude. rooting, like, oh my god, that's what I no don't understand. No one is a lousier Christian than rappers. They won't stop fucking talking about God as well. Yeah, like. It's it's just really bizarre to hear a guy who's been to prison like twelve times talk about the Lord, mm. and uh, but it's like um, what was I going to say? Andrew Paskin has that great joke um, where he was a criminal lawyer and he said um, he was representing a bloke who had a tattoo on his chest that said "Only God can judge me," and he said, "I think you'll find the guy in the wig will have a pretty good crack at it." <laughs> I mean, he had a bit about like. People ask, what's the difference between working with criminals and comedians? For one, the criminals have a lot more fucking honor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. Do you, do you know what it is as well? This happened to me the other day. I got followed by a bot, mm. which happens all the time. Yeah. I, I don't even know, like, of my fucking average amount of followers. I mean, so I'm always, you always think you're losing followers, but I think it's just bots get deleted. Mm. It's getting followed by, like, I don't know what happens, but. Do you get this where, like, you'll just have two weeks where you just get followed by so many bots? Yeah, yeah. And then you don't hear from them for ages. Stacey 877 Yeah, same with, like, tech scams. I'll have, like, two weeks of it. Um, But what I had, I had a bot the other day. And I always click on them because you think, oh, hang on a minute. This could just be a genuine 10 who's enjoying my comedy stylings. Uh, <laughs> with it, with an extremely specific username, yeah. you know? Anyway. There were, there were so many Jesses on Instagram. Yeah, yeah there's just too many Jesses. She couldn't possibly use her last name. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it said, a chick, click on the thing. It's a really hot, hot chick bot. And it says, God first with like Christian emojis. And then like, do you want to see my naughty pics? And... Here's the thing is, these bots are based on real accounts. Like, there's, mm. like, a lot of, like, Christian American OnlyFans chicks. Mm. Like, there's Paige Van Zandt, this UFC fighter who does OnlyFans, and she's, like, a staunch Christian. Mm. And she's like, does photos posing with, like, her boyfriend, like, pretending to fuck her and shit. And, and here's the thing. I'm in for Christianity, and I'm in for OnlyFans. I just find it weird when you you guys are crossing over on each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind I, And personally, I love it. Like, can play on. But I'm just wondering what you think about it in in your own little. I think just philosophy, money, like, money, money's money's so good. I guess you reckon, like I don't know, I don't know. American Christians are the most like weak piss Christians in the world. Oh, probably not. Probably not as weak piss as um South American Christians go pretty hard as well uh, in, in the God department, in the Catholic department, and then, oh yeah, like all the football players have like 
huge Christian tattoos and then are just racking up lines. Did in well, I think like you can be an okay Christian, I guess, if you fucking have a bit of coke or whatever. But it's like the in Colombia, all the prostitutes gather in the square in front of the church because uh, when they come back, um, they like to go confess before they come out to um work again. Oh, really? So, what sort of fucking South American Catholic Catholicism is that? Yeah. That's the wildest thing that you need to go confess after every single sexual endeavor in the world. Like, Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing, mate. Once you confess, it's off the record. Yeah. You know what's sad about this whole thing, though? Spanian is a is a Sydney resident in the heart of hearts. And we're, we're talking about Sydney. And here's the thing, mate. I've literally just talked about how I would take a bullet for this city. And what is more Melbourne in the world than the project? Yeah, no, it's performative bullshit than yeah. project. Yeah, I couldn't possibly. So, unfortunately, my hands are tied. What? So you're siding with Spain? <laughs> I'm siding with Sydney, Billy. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm siding with Sydney blindly. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Obviously, not the things he's saying. No, I'm definitely just taking a hard leave to all of this shit. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. I forgot we could do that. I feel like the... Yes. <laughs> all good, all good. I also, I fucking regret bringing this up so much. <laughs> I thought, oh, this Spanian thing, this Ruben K. joke controversy, Spanians doing all this controversial yeah, shit. Yeah, it hasn't been very funny because I, I know too much about it. Well, I thought, oh, Rowan actually knows all about Spanian. This would be great because I don't know anything about it. This would be fun. Next thing you know, we're talking about grooming pedophiles in prison. <laughs> You're freaking well, me out, he, he dude. He was yelling about pedophiles oh, most my. of the time. You're the one that- Sure, sure. Anyway. I've been at TAFE. What's going on? No, what, what was I going to say? Oh, been- <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like the controversy of like the Spanian thing and like all the backlash from the Christians mm. has uh, really overshadowed the fact that it's the quality of the joke is so poor. Yeah, yeah. It's like such a knock-knock. Like, did this guy get this out of a fucking fortune cookie? Like, Well, I've also heard the joke before. Oh, dude, 100%. Uh, <laughs> it's just very boring. But It's very, very boring. Mate, how nice would it be? Like, you've got a bit of boyish charm to you, but imagine if you got to strap a bunch of feathers to your back and do jokes that just were half as bad because it's like, look at this. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just a performer. The, the production value is just production through the roof. Out of, the eyeliner itself. Yeah, is- I'm going to go... I'm going to go tell some genuine knock-knocks on national television. Mm. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It is. <laughs> do, you, do you want to get another beer? Yeah, I wouldn't mind, hey. Do you want to grab one? I'll just sort of maybe do some damage control on, on what has been a pretty legitimate train wreck so far. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Guys, I don't condone any of this, okay? I've just thought we'd have some we'd have some fun banter about Spanion. It turns out I might have bitten off more than I can chew as far as this Spanion bloke. But nevertheless, you know, this podcast... Have I ever promised that we would shy away from anything? I mean, I never really make any promises whatsoever, so you can never break what you don't make, you know what I mean? But yeah, we're in the bloody thick of it here. I don't know, what's the edgiest? This is Town, Australia. I don't know, I don't think there is any edgy... Oh, probably the mug-off is way edgier than this. But either way, we're, we're going to bloody... We're going to turn it around from here, I think. Well, it's like... Thank you, mate. But... And also, the other thing is we have no more notes. So, now we're in the fucking, let's go. Well, that's normally the time to shine, to be honest. Here's the thing with me and Rowan. Three notes, great podcast. Four notes, absolute disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Go through the first three notes in about seven minutes. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah, I was hoping that Down Syndrome Comedy Store story was going to go for like 33 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good to be back in Sydney. Mate, I got to say, I don't... And I'll be literally... 
I'll be candid. I just went to per- uh, not Perth, Cairns for thirty six hours. Yeah, I honestly was like so happy to be back. Oh, I know it's a weight off your shoulders. Yeah, it's just like, man, every single place around Australia, everywhere you're driving, should just have a sign of how to get back to Sydney. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in Newcastle. Why doesn't every street tell me where to go down to get to Sydney? Yeah, I know. I think it would be better. Um, I don't know. I just had so much anxiety. I never gigged in Cairns before. You know, when you, you just got to like- what, like, was, what was the weather like up there? Oh, it was raining like sideways. <laughs> I like Cairns. Yeah, Cairns is weird. I don't know how I feel about it, but- I, It's just fucking shit to be in Australia and on the coast and not be able to swim. Dude, I almost went swimming. Oh, like I forgot about the jellyfish <laughs> and the crocodiles. I forgot about the crocs as well. That was like, I only just remember them just then. But yeah, I don't know. Cairns, you forget how far away you are from everything up there. Mm. It's crazy, dude. But um, dude, I saw there was this chick on the um on the flight home. Uh, they had to put her bag underneath because like her walking stick had like a pointed end on it. And she was like, they're like, we're so sorry. We have to put your bag in the baggage carry. But like, we'll get it straight out for you. Here's your tag. Mm. Um, you can't have it because it's technically a weapon. Yeah. And then she goes, "Why can't I have my?" And like, American <laughs> accent. I just go, "Here we go. Here we fucking go." And Billy's already filming. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, please do something weird. Um, and then like, mate, what is it with Americans? Where like, like the end result was, of course, she was like, okay, that's fine. But yeah. it took twenty minutes to get there. Fucking hell. Why do people... Like, I'm in for arguing if there's something to argue about. Mm. But if it's like... It's like, babe, (laughs) she's literally got the fucking handbook that says we cannot... We are not Mm. legally allowed to do it. Mm. This isn't like, oh, I just don't feel like it or... Or, yeah, I just prefer to have that sort of stuff. That's just my personal preference as as Mm. a stewardess. It's like, this is the fucking law cunt. Mm. You know? Man, Americans are pretty pretty horny to be like, you're stepping on my rights. Dude, Americans... You can strip an Australian's rights away. And he'll look the other way. Dude, 100%. I don't even know what my rights are. I can't vote anymore? Who cares? Yes. (laughs) Australia cannot be fucked for democracy, let alone its own rights. Yeah. What are our rights? Like, here's the thing. It was like, when a police officer, I have an interaction with a police officer, I've never once thought about like, I don't know, resisting in any way, shape or form as far as like, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like, if if they were just like, we're going to look under your bed, I wouldn't be like, you don't have the right. I'd just be like, okay. If you're, a, if you're a conspiracy theorist slash meth head that's driving unlicensed in the YouTube videos I watch, they love to be like, I am a sovereign citizen. <laughs> Do they love the word sovereign? Sovereign citizen is just what to bring up if you're just a conspiracy theory or you have like 10 years of like hardcore amphetamine use on you. Mate, the amount of weird meth wisdom and conspiracy. Mate, if you say that you're a sovereign citizen and you're traveling on the state of the plane of the earth, they can't do anything. It's like they absolutely can do whatever they want. <laughs> People who are like, uh, I do not, uh, I, I reject the concept of the state police. I, I do not recognize your power. Yeah. It's like, well, this, this taser recognizes its own power. So yeah. there's lots of things we can do from here. Yeah, fucking hell. I don't know. What's have you ever had a bad interaction with the police? Because I don't, I haven't really. Because like I've had like annoying pre- interactions, but like nothing really. Yeah, annoying. And also, also annoying interactions where I have been doing the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't care for their tone. Yeah, yeah. As they pulled me up on the law I was breaking. Yeah, they've let me off on a few things, really. Oh, um, you've had some good. Well, I'm trying to think. What's the best one, one? Threw my weed like in the air into the wind and was like, "That's it. We're not going to involve any paperwork." 
Nice. And then the wind just like all over my mate's Mazda 3 windshield. And he was like, oh, sorry about that. That's pretty good. He was a G. He was a top G. And you could clearly tell that the person that was like under him, like the young lady that was with him, he was a bit like probably 10 years older than her. She was real young. Was like so ravenous to like totally lock us off. And like oh, really? Go, go the book, and he was just like taking the charge. And we're like, all right, this guy's done it for me. Yeah, that's sick, dude. Um, I don't know. What does Spanion say about the cops? Is he just like kill them all? Um, he thinks they're dogs for sure. He thinks yeah. a lot of them are dogs, but he does like some of them. Interesting, because one of the a Burwood police officer once pulled him up and was like, "Why do you have a like weird weapons? Um, there's this like thing that you can have like a weapons." some like warning thing where you can just be searched at any time and they can, if you, that person's like at your house, they can just search your house and you just basically lose all your rights. He's like, why do you have a weapon thing? None of your crimes involve weapons or like firearms. And he's like, exactly, bro. <laughs> exactly. Mate, he'll talk about the New South Wales police force for fucking hours. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Spanning's got a lot to say about the New South Wales police force. I bet they have a lot to say about him as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably some cop fans now that he's gotten big enough. He was on Gary Jubilant's podcast. You know Gary Jubilant? No. Master detective, mate. Really? Have you seen Underbelly Badness? No. Oh, the nastiest underbelly there is. Mate, the thing about Gary Jubilant, he stops at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's an absolute <laughs> absolute gun of a murder detective. So, where does Underbelly Badness come from? Which one's that? That's, I've seen the main ones. It's, um, it's just Gary Jubilant's trying to hunt down this... um. Western Sydney kind of meth ma- manufacturer that cut a dude up and put him in the Hastings River. And yeah, right. That's the thing about Gary Jubilant, mate. He just works so fucking hard and he does break a lot of the legal rules. He doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't play by the rules, especially when it comes to sex crimes, mate. <laughs> oh, really? I'm an enormous Gary Jubilant fan and I'm an enormous fan of the man that plays Gary Jubilant in the series. Who's that? I forgot his fucking name, but I, I saw him outside of my apartment once when he was with his kids because he lives in Manly. Um, and I was like, mate, massive underbelly fan, uh, underbelly house up here. This is enormous. And he was like, oh, all right, mate. All right. And just moved his kids along. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. What's his name? Matt Nables. Matt Nables. Oh, he's great. Matty Nables. Yeah. yeah. Matty Nables plays Gary Jubilant in what is possibly the best performance on Australian television in history. Don't you reckon Australian actors get no credit, like, if it's an Australian production? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. there, like there is some TV shows where it's like, all right, this isn't, like, fucking that cool or whatever. It's not like, mm. you know, you're not on HBO or whatever, but, like, they don't get the credit. Like, the guy who plays Rake, Richard yeah. Roxburgh. Oh, great dude, actor. That guy's a fucking gun. Yeah, he's a gun. And, like, it, he should be, like, an A-list celebrity in this country, mm. but he hasn't been in fucking Game of Thrones. That, um... That the lawyer that he's based on um, used to come to the physio that this, the I know the receptionist, um, and he would talk to the receptionist. He's like a this like skinny, disgusting, like fifty five year old man um, that everyone in the law community thinks is an idiot. And he'd tell the receptionist, they're like, "Oh yeah, I just did my hips trying to get these um, Brazilians out of these skinny jeans while I was f- photographing them nude, <laughs> like the cunt that Rake's based off." Yeah, right. Like, he's he's a real deal, like, that level of a fucking grimy cunt. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's just bragging to the physios about how many girls he roots. He's bragging to my mom. It's my mom's a physio. Oh, really? <laughs> but I can't say any of the stuff he tells to her because it's a patient doc. But the receptionist, that's free game, mate. The receptionist is above board. Yeah, if you just run your mouth to a receptionist, there's no 
client patient confidentiality there. That's yeah. allowed on the airwaves. Oh, dude, you 100%. fucking loser. <laughs> dude, um, I was talking to him. <laughs> 55 and going to the physio and being like, by the way, this happened while I, before I was rooting. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, it's, <laughs> the fuck? it's so funny when, um, dude, I reckon the funniest thing in the world is bragging. Mate, the Bra- amount of- <laughs> no, How's this for bragging? Men that are in relationships or like long-term, like married- Bragging about how much rooting they could have been could have been doing. Oh yeah, if they hadn't met their wife or whatever bullshit. Yeah, and you're just well, like- that, that's the thing where it's like, oh, if I was single, the damage, lads. Oh, the damage. The damage. <laughs> now that I have the confidence of a man that's been loved for twenty years, <laughs> the damage I could do. Now that I'm forty three and can grow a good beard, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I now have the confidence to talk to a twenty two year old woman. Now that I'm not absolutely latching onto the first woman that like smiles at me. Oh, the damage I could run through, mate. If you let me loose in the world, the world of Tinder now, mate. Mate, what you guys are fucking around with. If I was back then and you're like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these hypothetical roots. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the world of hypothetical roots. I think that's that's like possibly like one of the most like worldwide things in the world. Oh, it's crazy. Just blokes in relationships doing hypothetical roots. Dude, I love blokes who are like 33 and know the number of women they've slept with. <laughs> 73 bill and you're just like <laughs> and you're like I love it when my favourite thing on the planet is when people think they're bragging <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's that's number one that is fucking as good as yeah, it that, gets that's as good as it have, oh I've told you about this before I wanted to start a Facebook page which is wog brags which is bra- <laughs> brags that Italian men do to you that aren't brags <laughs> like what here's a, here's a great one um, a guy I knew that I worked with that was an electrician and made a bunch of money to during the MBN he was like, mate, it was fucking easy, mate. They pay you fifteen hundred to pull up um half a side of the street, run it under. I load up some guys want to do that over two week um two lanes over one week or whatever. Mate, I do ten lanes a night. I get fifteen Indians in the truck. And he was like, dude, I'm not impressed by this at all. I pay them 150 bucks cash. They don't give a shit. We work overnight. And I'm just like, dude, you're like a bad person. Dude, this is like a pyramid scheme. This is horrible. And then he was telling me, and then he's like, mate, I made six hundred K that year. Whoa. I went to um I went to Europe with the missus, making it we're staying in five star resorts, five star hotels. And I was like, so have you got much of that money now? He's like Oh, mate, nah, but I'm going to figure out another business plan. Yeah. Oh, you're going to wait for a second MBN. Yeah, yeah, 100%, dude. I love that stuff. I remember I was um, was at the Collaroy with, do you know uh, Maddie and Annika, my mates I used to work with? I don't think so, no. Oh, anyway. There were these two two great girls who used to work with at this office job. They were just the best. And um, we went to the Collaroy one night just for Mm. beers. And the bouncer, like, just just basically harassing them all night. And he's, like, 55. Mm. And like they introduced me to him, like one they knew him just from being at the Collaroy or whatever. And he like wouldn't even look at me. And like I was like, okay, whatever. Like I don't I don't even want you at the table. So mm. this is bizarre. And he starts like bragging, but he's like uh he's like, Oh yeah, um I get half off everything on the menu, so I could have um a seafood pizza, half a dozen oysters and a and a pint of bolter for thirty five dollars. That's pretty good in it. That's pretty good. Fucking hell. And he goes, and I and I live just down the road, so I can just walk down and have that whenever I want. And it's like, yeah, dude, that is pretty good. But <laughs> but you receive that discount because you work a security job at a local pub at fifty seven years old. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like and he thought he was big dogging. Mm. And it's like this is insane. Man, the amount of big dogging most of the big dogging that's ever been done to me, I was like, that sounds depressing. 
Yeah. Like nearly nearly all of it. Well, because the need to big dog is just a an emotional mm. band-aid of yeah. the highest caliber. Dude, someone will literally b- perform stand-up comedy. Like several people I know have done stand-up at the State Theatre. It's like 1,800 seats or something. It's like this incredible old theatre. It's like so beautiful to be inside. And they'll, I'll pry it out of them in about four seconds. Like they'll tell me the story in four seconds. And that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. Sam, when I opened for Torden Special or whatever, and we were hanging with Antar Joe afterwards, he was he like briefly mentioned about, I said I'd seen some of the State Theatre. He's like, oh, yeah, it's wild up there. I opened for a bunch of people at the State Theatre. It was like, yeah, it's wild. Anyway, Joe, it's crazy that you play poker. I'm so jealous. That's <laughs> like, cool. He's like, 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 there's not like a second. That's yeah. so true, though. Like, yeah. mate, Every comedian I know doesn't want to be a comedian. But it, yeah. <laughs> But it's like, it's like, that's cool. Like, yeah. Torn has done all these sick gigs. But meanwhile, some bloke can get half off a seafood pizza. And he's given <laughs> yeah. me more fucking venom on that yeah. than Taunton is about opening for fucking like Louis CK at the yeah. State Theatre. Taunton doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, it was great. Anyway, what's going on? What's going on in the cricket? Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's so true. Dude, bragging's so funny because, dude, actual big dogging is subtle. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, a guy just like covering a bill. Mm. Like, didn't even ask anyone. Mm. Just throws down, like, 600 or something. Like, I don't even know. Oh, mate. I I, I can't... I, I don't think I will be. But, yeah, I swear to God, if I'm a fucking married comedian talking about that he could root if he wasn't married, it's like, yeah, every single person can root. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Dude, also... If you were I- single, you'd probably root because you have... Like, you just need to. Like, it's just... I think as well, when blokes get into the numbers of it, you hear blokes be like, mate... 93 roots or 120 roots. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, yeah, but you're 36. Also, like, it's like, like this is- there's no easier way to be like, yeah, none of them called me back. Yeah. <laughs> Never got taken back up to the plate there. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, what, the, the real number should be, how, yeah, how many was there a second go round? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just like that sort of behavior, it's like, uh, it's like, I don't know. It just feels like you're projecting something all over me right now. Oh, mate, at TAFE today. Holy shit. I'm so I'm like I'm I'm in the back row and we're the we're the older people, four of us older people, and then I fucking I'm enjoying everyone there, but fucking sixteen year olds are kind of like eight year hanging out with an eight year old in a lot of ways. They're the sixteen year old like hang out with an eight year old and they're like or like six year old they're like they just talk to you they're like. We went to the beach the other day and I took my minions towel and then we saw this guy and no, 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 no. I'll just talk like that at you. And you're like, yeah, that sounds fun. Nice. But it's like the 15-year-old version is just like, mate, have you ever smoked blue haze? We smoked it the other day and we ate so many sour worms and then you've got to get this stuff and then the dreams were crazy and then we baked a cake the next day and then we then we put sour worms on top of the cake and you're just like, dude, please stop talking. Give me yeah, a second. Still- Brother, you're just coming at me. I'm loving the enthusiasm. But I don't need to see a picture of the cake. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got shown a picture of a cake that a guy baked when he was high today. And I'm like, I love you, mate. I love the enthusiasm. But I'm a grown man. Yeah. I don't need to see a picture of the cake. I think cake. when you become an adult, you hang out with people like Taunts, who's done legitimately sick shit <laughs> yeah. and doesn't feel the need to tell you about it. And conversely, this stupid cunt has baked a cake. <laughs> but also, mate, I don't want to talk too much trash because- he did tell me that his brother and his dad are really good fighters. So, um, so, I'm not going to talk too much trash. And I did, was having a genuinely good time. And I do love the enthusiasm. But fucking hell. It was like, it was like, at one point, I'd be like, 
I just had to just go, all right, stop. No more pictures from phones. I don't want to see any more pictures from phones. <laughs> I just can't do it right now. We're going to all socialize without showing pictures from phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. You can tell me a story from your work that doesn't involve showing me a picture. Let's use our words. Wow. Like, Are you becoming like a mentor figure for these kids? Well, the chick next to me, she's becoming a bit of a mentor figure as well. She's teaching them quite a lot about, dude, this can't, it was like my first, it was so good. Man, I've been having the best time the last two days. I walk in, it's just this dude with a scarlet in front of me, king, absolute king of a dude, this 17-year-old. And he's like, oh, what's your work, mate? I only get 500 bucks a um. 500 bucks a week, flat rate. And, mate, he's making me work 13, 14-hour days all the time. I'm just in this factory. And then he was making me deal with... He made me clean his BMW. And then he's making me clean the bathrooms and then try and take shit off the roof. And then we realize it's asbestos in there. And he didn't tell us. And we were wearing a mask. And I'm just having to explain to this kid. I'm like, yeah, that's like workplace abuse. That's like the craziest craziest shit ever. (laughs) Fucking hell, dude. The young boys with skulls out there. I swear to God, let's get our hands on this fucking employer. Look after your young kings. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to tell this young king that like, mate, you need... Well, I was being like, mate, you need to get paid overtime. And then the chick next to me was like... Sure, we can ask for overtime, but let's just ask for him to get paid for the hours he works. We don't even need loading at this stage. Let's just get paid for more than eight hours that he doesn't know when his day's going to end. The boss just goes, just tells him when to pack up. And that might be 11 hours in or 12 hours in. Uh. Mate, he's a slave. There's a a fucking slave shift happening up in Newcastle. It's the craziest shit ever. He's come down to TAFE and paying for a hotel himself. Oh my God. Mate, TAFE is nuts. Jesus Christ. It is good. Yeah, so you've been at TAFE all week? It's been two days, but it has been. First week? Yeah, yeah. Busy. Of stone masonry. The most obscure trades. Oh, so good. Mate, so I text you this, but. um. What's the deal, with, the deal with this thing? It was literally on the news that stonemasons are all dying yeah, that, from the inhaling the, uh, the silica. The silica. Yeah, it's all the new engineered stone um, that's like fake stone from a little place called Israel. But we don't need to talk on that because we don't need to get um, shadow banned by Spotify. Dude, also, we're so far past that with this episode. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, you just need to cut it with a wet saw and a mask and you're fine. Okay. But- um, all these poor cunts that just, dude, one of the places, because I watched the 60 Minutes because I was interested because I also wanted to know if I was going to die or not. Um, but then I was like, oh, that's not me. But poor one out for the brothers. They got like a mil- they got like three fair work. Like they got a b- bunch of fair work fucking with them, telling them they need to up their game, trying to find them and stuff. They still didn't make any changes or close down. And then they're like, they just closed down because the boss got silicosis. That's uh... what it took. What is sil- silicosis just kills you? It's like the most fucked disease. It's like emphysema, but it's like, so all the little bits of like kind of silica glass, like stick to the bottom of your lungs and then they all harden together. So you have to gasp to breathe and then they all turn hard like stone and you feel your lungs drop and you get five to 10 years until you just can't breathe anymore and you just kind of dry drown. What the fuck? I know. So there's, dude, one of the dudes is like a Vietnamese dude that moved here, um, like refugee and just like got a $30 an hour job in a factory. No one was wearing masks. And oh just my like, God. Oh man, it is fucked up. That's, that's horrible. It is bad. So I was, yeah, the teacher's letting all the boys know that 
everyone, it seems like everyone's been like kind of safe apart from the kid that's been forced to work with asbestos and then the boss getting angry that he worked out that it was asbestos. Oh my god! He kept just saying, "I went and bought. I bought him banana bread today when I was getting a coffee. He was behind. He was getting a banana bread. I was like, oh, mate, I might pay for this.' Hey, it's all yeah, good. good on you, mate. It's, Jesus it's all good, brother. You were going. You were going through the fucking wars. Like it's just absolutely nuts. And he's like, I can't leave, mate. I can't leave because I promised my brother I'd stay. He works there too. I'm like, dude, you and your brother need to get the fuck out of there. Jesus, dude. Imagine getting not getting paid for the hours you work when the guy owns two BMWs in a boat and lives on a lake. Mate, it's a tough world out there. And here's the thing is, if he paid him for all the hours he's working, that cunt's still rich as fuck. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> he's making 7, 7K a bench. They're pumping them out. Oh. He's making 30K a week. It's like, why do you need to be such a slave trader? Yeah, that's could you, brutal. Could you just be a normal cunt that makes a lot of money and pays his staff? Oh, mate. TAFE has been eye-opening. Jesus, this pod has been eye-opening, to be honest. This is like the fucking edgiest episode in- Well, it's not- I don't think it's edgy. It's just kind of like dark-themed. It's dark, the, yeah. The jokes haven't been um particular- Well, have there been jokes? It's <laughs> a real question. There's been some jokes. There's been some. Yeah, I don't know. But, mate, dude, this guy in my TAFE class today, I saw him over the day drink a lit- two pints of Red Bull. <laughs> Didn't say a word. Had a, really? had a liter of Red Bull in him. No need, mate. No need to- no need to... I'm buzzing about. I'm chatting to the fellas. And there's just a guy that's drunk a litre of stimulant and is just kind of standing there with his eyes, his brow furrowed. And you're like, dude, this is having no effect. I always think that when people vape all day and like never say anything. I'm yeah. like, are you just nicotine to the gills, brother? Mm, yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of vaping. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate, vaping, vaping in the youth. It is absolutely nuts. How are you going, mate? You staying off the stuff? I'm staying off the stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I've I've no need to vape with the boys. Yeah, yeah. They're just loving it. That'll go well with the silicosis. Yeah. Well, the bo- some some fucking pineapple haze. That's what that's what the boss um the one of the ta- the main head teacher is like for all the smokers out there. This is what smoking is. The gravel. It's like tarring a road, like building a highway. You put down a bunch of gravel. That's the cigarette smoke. And then you put tar of no the cigarette the all the gravel is the dust and then you put tar over the top of it. That's what smoking and working in stone is. And I was like, oh fucking oath, I quit. Nice. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Wear your masks. Jesus Christ, wear your masks, lads. <laughs> I'm gonna go down the uh, tape myself and t- give a public service announcement. Four hundred and fifty dollars a week is not enough to die. <laughs> yeah, fucking oath. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to tell you to be like, hey, it's not okay that your boss threatens you. I want you to know that. And dude, these bosses, I've heard horror but, stories from apprentices over the years. But, and it's like, mate, don't take advantage of the fact this kid's 16. Also, it's like, is, wouldn't it be nicer to have the kid not hate you? Wouldn't that be nice for yeah. the kid for like to nurture a man that doesn't have a a lot of these kids don't have dads in their life to be like what's up bro like, he's a stonemason at sixteen this kid's up to his fucking gills in trouble <laughs> yeah. like what the hell this is not a normal decision for a young man to take to get in the factory yeah <laughs> just get your scarlet in the factory true G though yeah. Uh, well, God bless our young kings. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully the boys hold their head high. Mate, I hope they're with me in three years when we finish. Oh two, two and a half years. <laughs> I would love to see how many people finish of that class. Apparently, it's about 50% success rate. Yeah. But knowing my class and having met them all this week, 
probably 98%. Oh, really? Oh, you can just sense it. Real real good feeling under, around under the Under my leadership. Yeah, right. And under this hippie chick's leadership, she was, she was being a much more maternal figure than I was. Yeah. I mean, like, mate, I know you dropped out in year nine, but I can teach you how volume works. Wow. So, that was nice today. That's nice. That's nice. We can all learn how volume works. We can all learn how volume works. And sure, it might take us five and a half hours in an air-conditioned room, and we might get through such a small amount of the syllabus that it's, like, absolutely breathtaking. Hey, hey, one step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. <laughs> He's a 15-year-old that grew up in foster care. One step at a time, yeah. mate. We'll learn volume. <laughs> he st- mate, the last time he did a maths lesson- they were on shapes. Yeah, he's, he's trying to do... Just an equation got put up on the board and he just spazzed out to turn around to me. He's like, mate, I was a fucking crack baby. And I was like, dude, that's such a funny response to like any mass. Just yeah. to be like, fuck this. I was a crack There's baby. There's like long division. It's like, I was a crack baby. <laughs> he writes that in the answer section yeah. on the test. It's like two, 425 divided by seven. He just writes, I was a crack baby. Literally me... Every literally everyone I've met at Liverpool TAFE, everyone except me, the hippie chick, and the German chick, all of us could easily be subbed into any Australian rap video. <laughs> Every like you need a one four video, all right, we get this side of the class. <laughs> you need something a bit more laddie and white, there we go. We got this side of the class. We yeah, got yeah, rats yeah. tails out the wise, so it's fucking incredible. Australia's a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's end on that. <laughs> yeah, Australia's a beautiful place. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Fucking oath. Fucking oath. All right. <laughs> <laughs>